It's me. Next up, in Live Zone. Two gamers, one video game podcast. This is amazing. Nothing but video games with all the fun. Tune into the Consumption Network for weekly podcasts and updates. Come on, let's go. If you ever wanted to feel like Iron Man times 100, this would have been the game to do so. In the vast realm of video games where dreams and virtual worlds collide, there are tales that rise to the heavens and others that plummet into the depths. Among those captivating stories of triumph and tragedy, one title stands as a testament to the fragility of ambition and the weight of expectations. Anthem, EA's herald of a new era in gaming, embarked on a daring flight towards greatness only to be neglected by its creators and a disappointment for the hopeful gamers. With its soaring promise of boundless exploration and exhilarating combat, Anthem embarked on a journey that would ultimately lead to its untimely descent, leaving behind a trail of shattered hopes and questioning whispers among the gaming community. With EA's track record of abandonment, it was only a matter of time until another great concept of a game was put in its grave. Why does EA have the habit of not finishing games? And what could change if they just listen to their damn community? I think you said it best. Why don't they just listen to the community? So many things would be, this game would be probably one of, it would be bigger than Destiny, honestly. I'm willing uh, to you say know, that. I was I was willing to say this. I was like, man, looking at the game and looking at the trailer and everything like that, I was like, this is Destiny times 10. Yeah, to me. And it sucks to say because I love Destiny. And this game, <laughs> I the first time I played this game when it initially was in its like uprise, it was a lot of fun. But with all the bugs, it had to start like Cyberpunk 2077. There were so many bugs. It made the game unplayable to what I've heard. But at the same time, a lot of my close friends, shout out, you know who you are. They also didn't like the fact that the game got so much hate because of these minor bugs. And the fact that the game just kind of stalled out so quick, like there was so much potential for this game in the future. And the fact that they could have expanded on it with the wide landscape, the new battle mechanics, the guns, the abilities, all of that thrown in the trash. Yep. And, uh, you know, I was the one that should have gotten it asked this question, because <laughs> if you know me, you know, I have a beef with EA. All right. So this is the thing that pisses me off, right? EA has so many good games just in their pocket that they're just willing to, like, scrap it. Need for Speed Heat, Anthem, KO. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. These games should not be getting shut down at all. And these games are not even getting the chance. Getting the chance, not even just by the community, but also based off of the EA servers. EA literally, I'll, I'll just go into KO a little bit. EA was the original owner of Knockout City, all right? It fell because of the lack of creative ability. The lack of it. They don't have creative ability whatsoever. Yeah. And that's the thing that, that's why all these games flop is because they're so focused on like the ground level stuff that they're not even thinking about like, all right, what if we did that? All right, what if we made this like, uh, world. What if we did certain things to this? You know, th there's no creative ability in EA at all. And that's the, that's the whole reason why EA is only good at making sports games because sports games are literally just they're straight the forward. ground break. They're straightforward. You know what I mean? So 
when they have a game like Anthem and when they have a game like Knockout City, they drop it because they don't know how to utilize it and they sell it off to kill it off. It makes no sense. That's the problem right there. You said sell it off. They're only worried about the finance. They care nothing about the community, regardless of what they're going to say. There's so many. I'll take Need for Speed and Need for Speed Heat as an example. So many people love that game. There is such an in-depth story. Exactly. Me as well. There was such an in-depth story. The map was amazing. The physics were amazing. You feel so immersed. And then the most we got were two cars and they dipped. Yep. And the same thing's probably going to happen with Unbound, where you get two, three cars and then they dip. This is this is the problem with EA. EA has I, I'm pretty sure I'm I'm almost positive they have FIFA. And then Yes, I think so. And then they have Madden. Those are the only two games that they need. That those two games alone are making so much money. But that's the thing. That's where they should stop. If they can't take on these creative games and stuff, they need to just stop fucking doing right. it. Right. They just have a lack of foresight, honestly. Yeah. Because of the fact that the communities that were based around this game, all the guides that were out, all the people that were so invested into creation, if not the creation, but you know, the further, like the development of this game in the community, in the gaming community, yeah. and they just switch around and it's like, oh, okay, now if you like this game, you're gonna get hate for it. Yeah. They turned their own gaming community against themselves. It's a whole civil war, and they all—they're only in it for the money. Yeah, EA is exactly, and that's the whole problem. You know, there was all right. So, Knockout City, we talked about this in one oh ancient, I believed, with yep. one of the updates where the the news was that they were going to make it like a GTA world. Yes, and like they were going to make it so you could like go in buildings, you can like climb walls you could it, it was it was kind of going to be like um I'm, I'm thinking i'm trying to think of like what the name of the certain game is but it's like it's around the world and it's knockout city but it there's like a hundred people in it and it's like kind of like a Fortnite thing kind of blanking a little bit yeah it's, it's a battle royale game and there was going to be a hundred people in the map. And after that, you were going to be able to go down to the ground. You were going to be able to climb walls, go through doors, everything. And then they just stopped that. They were like, no, we're going to keep what we have and add a new simple map. And then the next season after that, they sold it off and then the game died. That's the same thing that is kind of happening here. You have so much potential in Anthem and you aren't even utilizing it to not even 10% of what it was. Yeah. That's the problem with EA. EA doesn't utilize their games. It's 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 all about the all dollar. About money. We talked about this as well in 10 Ancient. They're always looking for the paywall. If you look at well, Activision, EA with Destiny, I don't think EA was invested with Destiny, but they weren't. Yeah, it's kind of an example with Activision. The whole, so many people, so many players left Destiny as soon as Activision got paired because of that paywall. You had to pay for everything. And EA did the same thing with other games. Look at Need for Speed, how you have to pay, like, what, five, six dollars to get the whole map unlocked rather than having to go to each spot and actually search for it. Exactly. That makes no sense. Yeah, they removed the whole point of playing the game. Yeah. Like, it... Like why why would we why would we play a game that we have to pay for? Right. You know what I mean? Like we just bought the game. We just we just gave you guys money. All right. That that that's that's the money that you guys get. Why can't I play the game now? It's like why am I going through all these steps to play the game when I should just be able to go do it? That's in that's another problem with EA. EA just doesn't get it. They should just stick to the sports games because that's what they're good at. And all these other creative games, people like I can't think of the creators of Destiny. Bungie? Bungie. 
people like Bungie should be taking over those creative games because they've done a they've done an amazing job with games like Destiny. I guarantee you, if KO it was part of Bungie, it would be like if Anthem was a part of Bungie. Yeah, exactly. These oh, games man. would be like the best games ever. So that's the thing, you know what I mean? Like these type of games, they need a certain creative ability, and right. EA just sucks and they lack at it. So I mean, that's that's the kind of thing that you know. It, they're good for sports games. That's it. Uh, like a regular football game, a regular f- soccer game, like maybe just a basketball game in the future. But like other than that, just they need to stay. It. They need to stay with the basic games. I really think you said it best when you were talking about the different communities. Because if Anthem and all of these other games, Ko, Need for Speed, if all these other games were focused on other communities that are not communities, but other uh, corporations, like big game development corporations, uh-huh. they would take off. Like yeah. we could look at Bungie. Let's just like, I know we said that before, but KO and Bungie. Can you imagine a space like <laughs> KO? Not, not, it didn't even have to be space. Like the things they would have done to that though, they would have brought that to the highest of heights. That's what I'm saying. It's just the community. Bungie is known for doing that. Even give it though, to Epic Games. Give it to Epic Games. Exactly. Like it people that on that cartoon style. This. Yeah, they have that cartoon style of KO. So it would, mm-hmm fit right in it would take off and anthem anthem would have been amazing on bungie and amazing on epic games if epic games took over anthem it would have it would have skyrocketed that that's that's the type of thing though that i'm saying like these like 2k ea all those games great sports games but other than that stay out of the creativeness because you guys ain't got it stay with the money honestly they just got to stay with the money now what if another creator or another corporation was able to pick this up in this current time. I think current time. I I, don't think, I don't think necessarily would happen current time. I think it would be like, all right, so knockout city was based off of another game. That was a PS2 game. So I don't know if you heard of it, but it's called jet set radio. No. Well, it was a PlayStation two game. And what happened was it was like a skating game and they gave up on it. The same way they gave up on KO. So that's like, it, the trend is there. The trend is there. But the thing that sucks about it is I feel like with Anthem, it's going to be like that, where it's going to be um, not not this generation of console, but like give it to like the PS6 or the PS7. And then we're going to see Anthem come through on a different console or something like Anthem. Uh, Quest 4. <laughs> maybe see, that would be sick maybe. anthem in vr maybe oh, so like that's that's the type of thing that i see happening uh do i see another company gaining it if ea sells it yes because you gotta think they may have killed off the game but they still have the rights to it oh that is true so if another company was to gain it it's gonna go to the highest of the heights and ea is gonna take the loss for it like they always do Absolutely. it's the same thing that's gonna happen to the new ko quote-unquote KO. Uh, I don't know if it's going to be a KO game, but there's a new game coming out throughout the creators that uh, bought KO. Yeah. And it's going to be similar to it. So that's that's another game that's going to go to the highest of the heights. I, like I said, I think with the servers that EA is using, you can't use that same game because the servers suck. You know what I mean? They're, they're so limited. It's they like they were using... It. Yeah, like on KO, they were using a PlayStation 2 server for Knockout City. And then after that, with Anthem, it looked like they were using like a PlayStation 3 one. But from what I gained from that is if it was to become part of a different 
series or a different corporation, it's going to be great. Absolutely. That's 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 the gist of it. Like it's going to go to the highest of the heights. Same thing with KO. The new KO is going to go to the highest of the heights. It's going to be two of the most popular games and most likely this is the good part about it. If somebody like Epic Games or Bungie takes control of it, it's most likely going to be a free game. Yep. That's the good part of it. So for me, I think that Anthem can only go up from here if they go on to a different corporation. And you know what? It's funny that you say that because Bungie is actually developing a new game. Mm-hmm. And they announced it recently. I forgot the name. But apparently it looks very similar to how Anthem is performing. Really? It looks extremely similar. And it's already gaining a lot of popularity in the community. As it should. So I'm thinking if that w- if that was like the other version of Anthem... Or if someone wanted to pick up Anthem and just kind of do a complete remake, they could do like Resonance or something. Yep. Like just rename it, rescale it, but have like similar concepts of the game and it would take off. Well, I, I just, I, I want to see what these games have. You know what I mean? I want to see like what the likes of a new KO would be. I want to see what the likes of a new Anthem would be. Um, another one that they just got rid of was Brawled Out. Or something like that. I think I've heard of that one. Yeah, that one just died too. I mean, I, I would love to see what these things are capable of because Epic Games is actually the ones that gained control of the Brawled Out, I think is the name of it. So I just lo- looked it up. It's called Rumbleverse. And it died very quickly when Epic Games gained control of it, probably because of the servers that EA was using for it at first. Yep. So... I would love to see these games like come out because Rumbleverse was a beat the shit out of the guy next to you type of vibe. And then if they died, if you got into a certain damage, they died. Knockout City was a dodgeball game. And if you got hit by the dodgeball twice, you died. And then after that, we have this Iron Man game coming out. And who doesn't like to be or think of being a character like Iron Man? These three games have so much potential, and I would love to see somebody like Epic Games or Bungie or another creative aspect on it to come out with a game like this. I agree. I totally agree. One day we're going to see a community or at least a corporation that's not so focused on the money. Live Zone Games, question mark? Hey, maybe. I mean, if they can develop, if you can develop something. Coming up next, we have a game that's more focused on the journey rather than the money. So stay tuned. Get ready to hitch up your virtual wagons and embrace the quirkiest journey through pixelated peril. Welcome to the Oregon Trail, where the pioneers were made of pixels and hunting squirrels felt like a grand triumph. Forget about high-resolution graphics and cinematic cutscenes. This game's charm lies in its gloriously outdated visuals and a sense of humor that's as dry as the desert plains. Prepare to face the wrath of raging rivers, the agony of wagon wheel repairs, and the eternal question of whether you should really trade your precious oxen for that shiny new pair of socks. Saddle up because the Oregon Trail is about to take you on a wild ride filled with digital disasters and unforgettable misadventures that will make you laugh, cry, and question the sanity of those brave pioneers who dared to venture into the untamed frontier of gaming's yesteryears. 
So we all know that the Oregon Trail in real life is such a big deal. So has anyone ever survived this digital landscape? I've played this game a little bit and I got close. I got very close for a I game made. I'm glad you did. <laughs> for a game made in 1970s, it's actually kind of hard. You know, I, I this is how non-relevant this game is to me. <laughs> I forgot what the Oregon Trail was. Oh the my game. Gosh. Yeah, I've literally forgot about it. That and I had to ask myself. I was like, I played this game before, right? <laughs> yeah. And I looked at it. and I was like, Oh, okay. Yeah. See. This is one of those games that you kind of just play just to pass time in class and you just like you're scrolling around <laughs> yep. in Google and you're just like, oh, whatever. This is something. <laughs> and you actually get invested and you're like, bro, this is actually insane. Yeah, but this ain't no Mortal Kombat. You know what I mean? <laughs> I mean, yeah, but you can't exactly play Mortal Kombat in the middle of class. You want to make a bet? <laughs> I'm sure there's ways to now, but I'm yeah. talking about back then. Well, I mean, yeah, but I, I don't know. I, I've never really been a fan of this game. Um, I've always been a fan of like the Mario's, the Zelda's, the Mortal Kombat's, all those. Like this is one of those games that's like, oh, I remember that game, that type of thing. This is for me. This is on the level of like cool math games and Max games. Really, this is on that level because it's a oh, game. Oh man, you didn't play cool math like that. Then. Oh, Come I did. On now. Believe me, cool math games, mini clip, Max games. I played all of them. Dude. Taco Mia, I think they're called. I played that one. I played Robo Rampage. I played. Uh, River Raider, those that, are all the big you ones. You know, when we when we were in class for the Taco Mia one, you know, <laughs> our teachers used to ask us, they were like, so what is this teaching you math-wise? And I was like, symmetry. Oh, <laughs> got him. <laughs> uh, and they were like, ooh, okay. <laughs> See, that's why I love cool math games, because you can kind of get away with it, too. Yeah. And even our teacher, they'd be like, all right, you can play cool math games for a little bit, because it makes sense, <laughs> yeah. so... But honestly, for Oregon Trail, I think that game, it teaches you more about the history of what it was like to be in their place and actually yeah. have to endure. Yeah, I can agree with that. Like, endure the cart. Now, I forget. I'm not really too up to date with this game. Like I said, it's like a remember. I remember that game type of thing. Yeah. Do you eat in this game and everything? Kind of. So the way that it works from the short time that I played it is you have to manage your money. You're given, I think, 1800 For the entire game, you don't gain money, you only lose money. And the only way you do that, the only way you can get more is by trading or hunting. And the money that you have, it's going to go down more and more because the more you travel up to the West, its prices are going to shoot up. Yeah. So you can either go to the store, buy ammo for 40 cents a box, which is ludicrous in that game. But (laughs) I mean, I don't know about prices now, but (laughs) but. Yeah, the way that you have to do it, it's like money management. You have to check in on all of your people. You have to make sure that your supplies are doing well. And it's it's a lot of micromanagement all at once. So it's like being like a leader of like an actual trail. Exactly. Yep. You're managing this trail. Yeah. You're managing a full fleet of wagon of people to make sure you don't get raided at night. I could do it. See, I've I almost do made it. it. You want to try yeah, it? Yeah, <laughs> honestly, I do. All right, next time. I'm that leader type of vibe, man. That's my thing. <laughs> next podcast, we're going to come back and LiveZone's going to play this game and we're oh, going to see how far he got. I made I it. Don't, I don't know one about city. that. <laughs> I made it one city away from finishing the game. I was so no two cities away. You see the graphics nowadays? You see the graphics in the Oregon Trail? <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> I don't know. See what's funny is when I played this game though, it was actually kind of ironic. I was the last one standing on mine. All of my other people died. So I crossed the river. People started getting sick because it was winter. Everyone died. I made it to the fort. 
bought all my supplies, and as soon as I step outside, my character dies. I'm like, oh, well. Wow. <laughs> I'm like, he was the last one standing. I just stocked up on food, fresh clothes, and everything, and he was eating, like, lavish. I'm talking about a full hearty meal, not even working as hard, probably like a four-hour journey. Dude died right on the spot. <laughs> and it That's said, crazy. What you, at the end of it, it said, what do you want on your tombstone? So I put, I was so close. <laughs> <laughs> as you should, as yeah. you should. But yeah, this game is one of those, like you said, it's just like, oh, I remember playing this as a kid. But yeah. right now, I wouldn't say it even has that kind of hype, but it's just like a game that's worth men- mentioning because it's like a childhood. Oh yeah, it's definitely, it's it's a game that you remember and you're like, all right, I remember playing that. Oh, I remember how hard this game is, that yep. type of thing. And then after that, you forget about it tomorrow. That type of thing. <laughs> <laughs> yep. See, a lot of people forget about how hard these older games are, like CTR, Crash Team Racing. That's one of the hardest games out there on easy mode. I don't know if you've ever played Crash Team Racing. The I go- have. You have? Of so course. So you know how hard that game is of on course. easy Just, mode. Yeah. I don't think there's Well, those anyone- are the good games, though. That's what I'm saying. And apparently, when they made a, re- a modernized version of it, they kept the difficulty. They didn't change it any bit. So easy is still, like, hard level, and hard is, like, impossible. It's such a... Honestly, I love the older games compared to the newer ones in some cases. And this might be one of them when we're comparing it to the web styles. But either way, that's going to end up this older style game. So coming up next, we're going to look far ahead into the future. So stay tuned with us. There are so many movies and video games attempting to predict the end of humankind and what life could look like after our disappearance. In the ever-evolving landscape of video games where innovation and imagination thrive, a new arrival has emerged. Captivating players with its enigmatic allure enter After Us, a groundbreaking game that thrusts players into a post-apocalyptic world teetering on the brink of extinction. With its hauntingly beautiful visuals, immersive storytelling, and unparalleled attention to detail, After Us has quickly established itself as a masterclass in gaming artistry. As you traverse the desolate landscapes filled with echoes of once thriving civilization, you'll navigate complex moral dilemmas, forge unlikely alliances, and uncover the secrets that lie buried in the ruins. So how accurately does this game portray a new beginning after humankind's end? Ah, that's that's a tough question. That's a that, you're unpacking a big box there. Yeah. Um I I think I think it does a pretty good job. I mean, the way that the game is set up, you're kind of like this creature being. Yeah, it's not it's not even a bean though. It's like it's a kind of more like a creature type of thing. Like you're kind of like this creature that nobody can see and you literally just make the world what it was. That's true. Right? So Yeah, that makes sense. I'm going to exclude the Bible from this because you already know I can go on a whole rant oh with Revelation. <laughs> so I can go on a whole rant with that. But in the context of it, if just thinking of humankind's end of where we're current, let's speed that we're developing at. I don't see something like that happening because now you're looking at a point where you're literally calling down aliens to be like, all right, we're the new form of human. We're going to every, okay, look at the gameplay. Every step that that character had, something grows. So, no, not true. Not true. Not every step. Not every step. She has to do something first. 
She has really. to like raise her hands or something like that. No, if it, you look, literally at the look at it, I know. But look at the gameplay of where she's running. You could see there's a whole trail of flowers and grass and all of that just appearing behind her. And if she stepped on a vine, that whole vine was just now grassy. When she put her arms up, that was a whole explosion of life. I don't know, man. I, I could see it happening. You know, talk. we talk about aliens a lot in Chasing the Chaos. And oh if boy. you've been there, <laughs> yeah, you know the heated conversations we've had about aliens and everything like that. It's even in and our intro. <laughs> even, even not even just that, like the stupid takes we have on aliens. I'm going to say that I could see something like this happening. I, like you said, it's a very complex situation. It is. It is. That's, like they would have to be like sent down from God to come do this if it was able to happen. Yeah. And even look at what we talked about in Chasing the Chaos on our last alien conversation, where the human race is still relatively young compared to the actual age of the universe. So it's entirely possible that something like that could exist. And it's entirely possible that, oh, okay, here's an alien race that mixed with humans, and now you created this kind of being that everywhere it touches it just provides instant oxygen and sustenance wherever it goes yeah so even when you think about it as a technological aspect it's possible think of it as a futuristic just straightforward aspect i don't see it happening because that's now you're getting into the point of like ethereal beings and magic and that to me that doesn't seem realistic anything's possible they just found dinosaurs Dinosaurs and magic are two different things. <laughs> Anything is possible, man. Hey, I'm a believer in Santa Claus. So let's get it. Right, I'm going to just leave you to your own devices. <laughs> but in the context of this game that is not Santa Claus, <laughs> I'm going to think that it's a very interesting concept. I love the story about it. It is a single player game. So a lot of people might stray away from it. The fact that it's not multiplayer, but even if it was multiplayer, that'd be an interesting you know, battle style. The thing though, the thing that I, the reason why I think it could be possible is because, you know, some somebody must have thought of this game, right, for it to be a thing. So if we're having thoughts on this, there we have a lot of talented people in the world right now. Right. And we have a lot of people that, like, if you told me that a person could do, you know, a certain crazy thing, I would be like, you're crazy. Yeah. But, like, it could happen. So because I have this theory that, like, any video game that is portrayed in our life could actually happen based off of the ability and the talent that, you know, people have. So for me, I think, I think that anything is possible really with the stuff I've been seeing in 2023. I'm a believer in anything right now. Honestly, I don't blame you. Honestly, there's so much going on right now. It's just like, all right, you know what? I'm going to just go this way. <laughs> I'm going to just go this way and I'm going to believe I'm fuck right. Fuck this shit I'm out. <laughs> I don't know what the fuck just happened. <laughs> so that's a little quick segment on the society that could be happening after us. Coming up next, we have another possible future, but this time it's in the deep methane seas of another planet. I wonder what we could be talking about. Could be anything. Stay tuned. Within the vast reaches of the solar system on the planet Titan, Guardians request the help of an alien creature deep within the methane sea. As the Traveler's light and the darkness clash with unfathomable force, the Guardians find themselves facing an unimaginable threat that transcends mere factions or empires. It's a force that emerges from the depths of the universe itself, ancient and mysterious, ready to reshape the very fabric of reality. 
The fate of the universe hangs in the balance, and it is up to the brave and unyielding guardians to confront the darkness lurking within and protect the light at all costs. Are you prepared to dive into the depths and shape your destiny in the face of this formidable challenge? The time has come to embrace the unknown and discover the true extent of your power in Destiny 2, Season of the Deep. For the new lights, including myself, why is there hype for this new season? What changed from the release of the big DLC, Lightfall? <sighs> this is going to be really hard to wrap up <laughs> in this one gonna moment. This is going to be like a dictionary right here. It's yeah. going to have so many things in, in covering it. So long story short, we already know what happened with Lightfall. Lightfall, Beyond Light, all those DLCs before it, they're leading up to this moment of discovering what the light and dark really are. And with Lightfall, that was discovering the true intention of the witness, the guy with the big floaty head thing, his intention with the traveler. And do you want me to spoil it for you? Go for it. Actually, you know what? No, I'm going to let you play it. (laughs) No, I'm going to let you play it. So once you get to the end of that, you'll understand. But that transitions into this season of how Titan, the planet, has now come back after being literally taken by the darkness. So Titan, Mars, Nessus, all of these planets were literally absorbed. Io was another one. They were absorbed by the darkness, and now they're just periodically coming back. If you look at Mars, Mars- So they're saving the worlds. Not exactly. Mars, if you look at it, it's part in the past and the future. There's, yes. So you've seen I, the little, I, I know that. Yep. And now Titan, if you look at the character, her arm or her whole body is now part of the Taken, which is the characters start off black on the top and then white yep. on the bottom. They have no will, no soul. She basically absorbed that energy and she's kind of one of them now. And she's using that to tap into an ancient creature that's been teased this entire time on the planet Titan ever since Destiny 2 was released. So wow. this is that's why it's a big deal because apparently this char- this entity whatever is the real key for us getting into the actual end which is Final Shape, which if you haven't seen the trailer for Final Shape, you're missing out. <laughs> Somebody really big, really big comes back and yep. I'm so excited for it. But I know exactly what you're talking about. Yep. So <laughs> Honestly, there's hype for this new season because it brings back a lot of different changes. There's a lot of different buffs and nerfs to changing the meta, honestly, because a lot of the exotics, the yellow ones, a lot of those are being changed and shifted. The new subclass is Ark now. So Yeah, so I want you to... There's going to be people that never played Destiny in okay. here before. Exotics, you mean exotics. guns. Yes, guns, armor. Armor. So... Long story short, the way that Destiny classifies weapons is on a scale from common to exotic. Common is gray, uncommon, green, rare, blue. Legendary is purple, which is pretty much the most common. And then exotics are yellow, but you can only have one in each slot. So, for example, you can have one exotic weapon and one exotic armor piece. Well, there's three different weapons, so you could have three exotics. Not at one time. You could have three exotics, but not at one time. So, you like... You know how like you switch guns and everything? Yes. So you can't have two exotics switching guns? No. It won't let you do that. It Because you know how deadly that would be if you could put two exotics on at one time, plus an armor to, piece? You should probably be able to do that. Honestly. I would never 
ever touch Crucible, the PvP mode. <laughs> ever, I would never touch it. All it takes is a Leviathan's breast and a Graviton Lance. Not touching it. Not touching it, ever. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, what I'm going to say, uh, Destiny is really good at, and we are talking about creative ability. They're really good at long-term storytelling. Yep. This is, you know, if you, I'm going to bring it to other shows again in TCN. If you listen to Live Zone Sports, you know that there's a lot of long-term storytelling in wrestling. It goes the same with this game. It's it. You have to like you put the pieces together. It's a, it's a puzzle, and that's that's what I'm. That's what I like about Destiny is. It gravitates more towards the story than towards the community or towards the corporation or the money. It's about the creative ability, and that's what we need out of these games. Right, absolutely. Like it's all with these kind of games. It all it takes is having a really good story and building a community behind that story. Like for example, there was a while back where there was a whole community wide event where Bungie released a piece of paper. It was like a a map the size of a piece of paper and it was a bunch of ciphers and everything. And there were people, there were streamers that there was one that stayed up 24 hours straight trying to figure this out and they cracked it. It was a whole map maze. I think it was a maze. So they had to figure out this whole maze in order to actually find out the right path to go in game. And it was like a certain amount. And if you go the wrong way, it was, it's complicated because it's like you're moving through time. That's like the whole thing. Yeah. With Destiny. Bungie knows how to bring their community together. Like it took a piece of paper with a map on it to bring millions of people together to try and figure it out. Look at the raid race. That happens all the time. It brings everybody together. Teams of six from around the world are trying to beat this thing. Well, not even just that. They also have a cool thing that I think it, I think it's cool anyways. I think every game should have something like this, but they have like the Olympics for oh, destiny. Yeah. That brings, games. that brings the type of character that you are together too. Cause it's all Titans, which is us. It's, best race. Yep. It's all, um, hunters, hunters and all warlocks, warlocks. And they come together and they try to win, like little Olympic games yep. and you know, they do, they do a lot of good things with Absolutely. their creative ability and not even that, just that I'm going to steal your phrase, not even just that, <laughs> <laughs> but they do that with a lot of events. They have one for Valentine's day, which is crimson days. They have one for Halloween festival of the lost. They have one for Christmas, the dawning. So they have, and they even have a new year, the solstice. So they, they have all of their events covered and each and every one is a brand new armor set, mm. brand new, probably mode, I'd say sometimes. Yeah. But I think one of my favorite things with this is how they put on their Twitter, do you want dinos or do you want mechs? And they sh- previewed the armor pieces and they had a vote for it on the Twitter. I wish other companies would learn from that. <laughs> I wish EA would learn from that. Do yeah, you? right. Yeah, <laughs> fat chance. Well, but- y- you know what? I, I can even say, a, you know, if you go to the other side with the sports games, 2K does that. 2K does that. They're like, all right, so are we going to put in a pink diamond Kobe or are we going to put in a pink diamond Vince Carter? You know what I mean? In in the my teams and everything. And then in WWE, they do that as well. And I hope, I hope that AEW also does that because AEW is made by the old WWE games, so mm-hmm. which is THQ. So. Gotcha. Um, I'm really, I'm really excited for the creative ability on on Destiny. Not even just Destiny in all, in the general, but like Bungie. 
yeah. as well because Bungie, they're, they're really good at creative ability. So there's a lot of things that could be said about, you know, Destiny that I just am blanking on right now. But it's, it's honestly, it's, there's so much it, to remember about this game. It's such a yeah, big game and yeah. it has such a long lineage of history. This is going all the way back from D1. If you want to, <laughs> like, look at, honestly, here's a shocker. If you look at the cover of Destiny 1, right? And then look at the cutscene of Lightfall. You're going to see a huge <laughs> similarity yeah. there. It's They were telling us the entire time of where it was going from the beginning. And yeah. that's what gets me is the fact that they thought that far ahead. Maybe they didn't. And they're well, just built off of no, it. Well, no. What I see D- Destiny doing right now is, you know, don't don't forget where you came from. Right. Yeah. They're, they're saying that the destiny two players right now, don't forget about destiny one because that's where it all started. Yep. So they're making sure that destiny one is still relevant. I think it's a great idea what they're doing. Absolutely. And even for the context of this season, I think that the fact that we get to go deep diving, we get taken weapons, we get a whole new suit of armor. And if you haven't seen the armor set where it makes you look like a, like a siren, it's not going to be as good as the lion arms, though. I don't know. I'm sorry. I mean, hey, Kratos, the Kratos one might be. Uh, the, I'm gonna. That's exactly what I'm going to do with my Titan. If you see a Titan with Kratos' uh, chest and probably legs, and then after that you see the lion arms with the helmet, run. It's me. <laughs> I'm going to punch you. I will. I will. And punch it's probably going to be all red too. Yeah. Um. Maybe not. I think I went with the purple. Really? Didn't I go with the purple? That's, purple and white. That's kind of shocking. Yeah. See, for me, shockingly, it's not a blue one. The only blue one I have is on my arc one because really? it accents the way the armor pieces work. It accents the actual piece. Mm-hmm. So if you take it off, let's just say you get the purple one, the void class, it's not going to activate any armor. I think that's what I use. Is that the purple and white? Uh, the subclass? The purple and white is void. Yeah, that's so the one yeah. I use. The one I'm normally maining, I like to say I'm a Sunforge Sunbreaker, but the one I've been using a lot is Arc. So anytime my armor piece is Arc, the whole thing just crackles with electricity and it's like channeling through. It looks so dope. I got that and a cowboy hat on. You better run because I'm going to be flying like a <laughs> missile. <laughs> hey, if you see a cowboy and a lion run <laughs> no if you see a shadow and a lion run because i've been running void a lot recently just just so. just know if you see a purple and white lion guy and with just, kratos stuff on him yep and then you see a cowboy hat <laughs> just run. good luck good luck good luck <laughs> i do want to say one more thing before i go or not say but do um as you know we're titans so <laughs> cool <laughs> this man really punched the mic <laughs> all right you know what there you go. <laughs> Titan fist bump for the best. <laughs> Sorry, Hunters and Warlocks. You know, you get the you get the salute. But yeah, nothing nothing cracks down like the Titans. All right. Thank you all so much for listening to One O Podcast. We also apologize for the lateness of this episode. But, you know, TCN, we've been making moves out here. A lot of moves. Speaking <laughs> of moves, make sure you mark your calendars for June 20th, 2 p.m. on Marson's Mills, Mass. We are going to be doing a live podcast in-house at Jake's Clam Bakes. It's going to be a lot of fun. And when you ask a question... It'll pop up on the podcast. And not even just that. Come get your grub on. They got some good food, man. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> smash burgers and lobster grilled cheese. My two favorites right there. Yep. Smash burgers for me. <laughs> so thank y'all so much. And we'll catch you in the next episode. See ya.